with the world. Game of Thrones is back, and I, for one, am a little bit excited, as you can probably tell by the trembling in my voice. Uh, but here to add some much-needed bass to discussions is the marvellous Stuart Late. Stu? Hello, Nat. Excited? We're back. Happy? We're back properly this time. We're relevant again. Oh, yes, we are. Woo! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. If you are indeed joining us, uh, if you haven't listened to us before, we do a Game of Thrones podcast. We only started it last season in season five. Yeah, it feels like much longer, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> Thanks for that rousing endorsement, Stu. <laughs> feels no, like we've been doing this forever. That's because we've known each other a long time. Exactly, yes. You know, geez. Start off, <laughs> start off with the compliments and it's all downhill from here. There we go. So, yes, we started trying to catch up. Mm. With going back to the beginning and doing podcasts after every episode, yes. we only got through season one <laughs> before season six started. So we're we, we're casting aside the rest of the series, and we'll do that as a project once season six is over. We'll but for now, one. we are concentrating on Game of Thrones season six, and I'll have Which glorious. Is back. Oh, and I love that it's back. How good was it? I was just. It was know, a cracker of an opening episode. It was fantastic. I woke up in a great mood. I have spent the whole day in a great mood because Game of Thrones is back in my That's world. Right. All the little bricks had fallen into place and the little, <laughs> little top of the pyramid had just been popped on there and I was a five-sided obelisk <laughs> of joy. I spent all my good yes. language and prose on the recap, so that's I right. slightly We're... spent. If I ramble, that's why. <laughs> um, thank you to, um, before we get into the meat and gristle of the episode, of which there were both of those things. Yes. Thank you to everyone so far who has uh, read my recaps. My first one went up on cheeseburgergothic.com, uh, John Birmingham's site. And, yeah, it's had such a good response. I've been so chuffed. And it's been lovely to see people tracking me down to find out where my yeah, recaps really have cool. been. And so thank you very much. If you do know people who liked the Raven on recaps, do point them towards Cheeseburger Gothic. Of course, I have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne, where all the links go up. And I am running a Patreon campaign at the moment, and it's just going really it's going gangbusters. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's, it's going so well, and I'm, I'm so excited by that because, as I said in the preview, I do have some really exciting ideas for any cash that is generated. I, you know, I don't want to say what they are yet, but they'll be really fun and cool and nice <laughs> and and I'm so pleased that that could be an outcome. So, yes, patreon.com slash girlclumsy. All I'm asking is if, if you can afford it um, and do want to support the recaps or support, you know, a writer, then you can put in a dollar per recap. Like, feel free to go more. Like, seriously. Yes, totally. Yeah. Go nuts. If you have... We're jigs all over the place. We are. We're, we're simpatico students. That's right. Do you have your period as well? Are you <laughs> Is that what this is? Well, I have been, I have I've started retaining water, so, um, <laughs> Oh, <you know>. man. <laughs> I've got a wine and ho dam. <laughs> I should go out to Outback Queensland and just burst. <laughs> Drought over. <coughs> Sorry, was that? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of water, oh, Stu, you dear. better have some in that I'm going to have a little sip, yes. Yeah. I've made Stu laugh so much oh. that he almost choked. I don't want to have to tell your beautiful lady wife. <laughs> he died doing what he loved. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Coughing and spluttering in pain. 
Um, it so was my favourite. Thank you for not. Thank you for not dying, Stu. Unlike Game of Thrones characters, who we know. So <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I've gone over the Patreon and the and the website. I just want people to know where they can find us, and mm. obviously subscribe to this on iTunes, and you'll get a delicious podcast every week. Absolutely, completely free. Yeah. You know, we're just doing this because we're we, we're tragic losers with no lives. <laughs> we do it which, anyway. Even if there wasn't a microphone here, so... Tragic losers with no lives could sum up so many Game of Thrones characters. Yes. <laughs> and so we'll get to that. First of all, initial impressions of the whole episode, Stu. I really loved it. I thought it was great. There were parts, you know, and we'll get to them, that, that was sort of like, oh, okay, that's a bit strange. But overall, there was way more, like, fist pump, scream yeah. of the TV, like, awesome moments than there usually are in any Game of Thrones episode, let alone a season premiere. So I thought this was great. I really liked it. Best moment. No, wait. Should we say it together? Yeah. See if we jinx. Yeah. One, two, three. Brian. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that actually in my house was like a literal like cheering moment. I mean, it probably was for everyone else too. Like yeah. we, like we literally yelled out like yes when that happened. You know what? It was all my Xena dreams <laughs> come true. <laughs> And, and the fact basically Zena, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And I, the fact is, she was she was beaten. She was knocked off her horse. Yeah. And she was cut down, and she just kept getting back kept up. getting up. It was amazing. And then she slit some throats. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but and this is the let's, thing. Let's put it in context, obviously, yes. of what happened <laughs> in this particular storyline. Theon and Sansa, alive, jumped over the walls of the castle, running away, as I said in the recap, reenacting the Taylor Swift out of the woods <laughs> video clip. They cross a river, but that doesn't stop the dogs from hunting them. Theon tries to hide Sansa in a tree stump. It was a really, yeah, really that, poor that last That is a half-assed hiding, dude. And I thought she was going to try and run away, but then the dogs were there. Yep. And the flayed men were there saying, where's Lady Bolton? He's like, oh, she's she's gone. She went in the other direction. And the dogs are like, meep, meep, meep. <laughs> the dogs are like, no, she, she's literally, like, like, they didn't need the dogs. She was just over there. <laughs> like, he didn't even, he, they, she was four feet away <laughs> from where he was right there. It was ridiculous. And so then they, they, you know, draw their swords. And then all of a sudden, just this shout from the bushes and in comes, now. Charging in on charging. a white horse. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought the show was screwing with me for a second. Because yeah. I'm like, this can't be, had. this must be like a Theon fever dream or something. Because th- this, this doesn't happen on Game of Thrones where a hero rides in on a white horse and saves the day. That's literally what we saw. Now, I just want you to think about something. How did they find her at that exact moment? Like, it is... <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. It's incredibly convenient. It's another one of those little convenient little plot points because that I had, do not care. Because she had just killed Stannis, and I suppose then maybe she saw the light in the window and went, I've got to mm. keep going. But had she just killed she... Stannis, though? I, I guess it was... And this is the thing, again, where we're playing fast and loose with time, but where, how long had it been since they'd gotten away and, and since she'd killed Stannis? Well, Because there, there was I... that previous scene with... Well, did that come before or after with the Boltons, the Boogie's Boltons? That was after. That was after, okay. Okay, well, I'm misremembering that. That's fine. Oh, was it? No, it was before. So it, it must have before. been a couple of days. No, it wasn't. I think he'd just come home. Right. Because he's... Ramsay... Sorry, yeah. Roos... Boo! Yes! <laughs> Boo is Bolton. Bolton's! <laughs> Roos Bolton was asking Ramsay who killed Stannis. Did you see who made the killing blow? Yes, okay, yeah. Which felt to me like... Very immediate. Very immediate. And also, Ramsay had just been mourning Miranda, his mistress, and yes. looking at her cracked face. Yes, so, okay. You know, she was still there, her body was still mm. there. So it read to me like they'd returned from battle, 
Right. And he'd returned to he'd find Miranda dead. Yeah. And then he turned up to give his dad a sort of report. Okay, I guess that makes sense, yeah. So we'll get back to the Boltons. We'll get but back yeah, to the Boltons, so, yeah. so I feel like they've been maybe on the run for half a day or something. Like while yeah, the okay, battle that makes has sense. been underground. Yeah. While that's been going on, they've taken off. They've taken off because it was, we've got to keep running, we've got to lose the dogs. So they've been gone a couple of hours. They're yeah, running through sense. the field. It's really amazingly convenient that they come across them. I'm happy to overlook that, though. <laughs> For the narrative you satisfaction... Know you know what? When a moment like that clicks, you don't think about that. No, and it, no, and, and I didn't. Yeah, that's, Even that's when it. I was writing my recap, I didn't think about that yeah. because all I could think of was how amazing it was. And it was just today as I went, gosh, it was really... <laughs> I mean, the North is big. It's a big place. There's, yes. There's snow everywhere. There's no clear, necessary sense of... Yeah, that's, that's and, true. And that's Brienne true. is not local. And why, why would she be there? And why would she come charging in like that? Like, you know, anyway. Look, I'm not going to undercut that moment. <laughs> maybe she saw the Bolton men take off with dogs. That's true. And follow them. Had, having seen the lantern in the, in the, in the window and yes. gone, Santa needs my help. She's probably escaped. I'll go after those hounds mm. and follow them until I am needed. True. So, you know what? I think we've resolved it. Yep, fine. I'm happy in my I'm happy in my head now. But yes, yeah, so even Pod got in on the fire. I know. Pod suddenly is a, a you know getting in on the sword sword action. That well, was look like in Xena. We all remember how Gabrielle <laughs> turned from an innocent, you know, an innocent poet into a fierce warrior. Is that what she wants to start with the poet? Or yeah, she always wanted to be a poet. That was the whole point. Oh, like okay, she writes right. Xena's stories. Oh, right. So okay. they're the Xena scrolls right, because that Gabrielle. Sense. That's how we yeah. know what Xena did, what she did, because Gabrielle. Didn't you watch the episode where it was like a flash forward to the 1940s when Lucy Lawless played an uh, archaeologist who was on a dig? No, no, no. Sorry, Gabrielle was the archaeologist, right? And she was convinced she was like a descendant of Xena. And she had this really ditzy secretary that was Lucy Lawless in a hat. Right. Going, oh my, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm just a ditzy <laughs> idiot. And it turned out she was the descendant of De- Xena, who had her spirit come back into her when they needed to, you know, fight off some, I don't know, what, what do you get in a cave? Zombies, something. Stu, your Xena knowledge here is really well, letting see, you down. Well, see, now this is the thing. That, that is one area of pop culture where I think it, you easily surpass me. Yeah, you know, well, we did um, do our Buffy Xena musical. <laughs> did we ever make that into a podcast? No, that was, that, was, that was pretty podcast. There were, yeah. were just some blogs we did about whether Buffy the musical episode was better than Xena. Yeah. And we clearly agreed that it wasn't. So, uh, well, did we? Was there an agreement there? Let's all start that again. As I recall it, we did agree. <laughs> Oh, did we? And you agreed with everything I said. I'm pretty really? sure that's how it went. That's how you recall it. That's how I recall it. <laughs> As we know, I am never wrong. Sansa accepting Brienne in her service. Like, without, yes, I know, I know. Without anything. Without saying, are you okay? Are you anything? She laid down her sword and went, I pledge yeah. you my sword and my service. And it was beautiful. And then yeah. Sansa was like completely freaked out, terrified, but found the words that she knew she had to say. And what was great is that she had, she rejected Brienne so thoroughly beforehand yes. saying, I don't need your help. Mm-hmm. I dyed my hair black. I'm a goth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this time she's gone, you know what? Theon's been great, mm-hmm. but he is a bit of a gibbering idiot with no penis. Yes. So I'm going to go with you. Who also has no penis. Who but also has not no a penis. Gibbering idiot. In a far more superior way, yes. has no penis. <laughs> Has no penis in the most awesome way possible. That's right, exactly. But she, yeah. So and and her face as she said these words, and Pod helping her out mm-hmm. when she couldn't remember exactly. The whole thing what was just amazing. It was just a perfect scene. And her, scene. Brienne's, 
face was just, you know, that that Star Wars movie that she's in. They put mm. her in a freaking helmet. Like, yes, she's the most amazing actress. Very, very stupidly. And let's put her in a helmet so we can't see her face. Yeah. Doesn't like, make much sense. J.J. Abrams, what are you playing at? <laughs> That's all I've got to say about that. But <laughs> it was a fine movie. I had. Yeah, it was fine. Didn't have any real problem with it. Yeah, so that, that was, you know, really the most triumphant moment and um it wasn't as weird it was weird to me that the show gave us that like straight away like, like it, yeah it was it normally it teases that out a bit more but i think i think <laughs> we needed that it was but it was also <laughs> about 10 like 15 20 minutes in it wasn't yeah they, they didn't give it to us up front where we got some other stuff straight away we'll get but, to that yeah we'll get to that but it was at the front of the episode and it was when we thought some more horrible stuff was going to happen because yeah. They've been recaptured, and uh, one of the guards has that horrible line where he says, "I can't wait to see what Ramsey cuts off you next." You know, <gasps> yeah, and, like, I, I was about like, that. I was like, "Yeah, they are escaping a truly horrible position." And then in rides Brienne, like a fantasy character, like like a fantasy hero, like just swinging her sword, saving the day. Like, and this is something this show never gives us, and we got it. And Does it makes me worry that they're, they're all doomed. <laughs> It makes me worry that, 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 that four of them, they're dead. Next episode, like, wiped out. I don't know what's going to happen, but oh, wow. I do worry about Pod, <coughs> I must admit. I oh, worry I'm, about I'm terrified for Pod now. Because Brienne, if she has a heroic death in service of Sansa, I'll be sad. But at the same time, like, that's what she, not that, wants, yeah. but that's her purpose. Yeah, she would not be unhappy. You know, that. she yeah. was so transformed by being accepted. It was like she'd just been converted to a new religion. You know, <laughs> yes. she was like, I'm, I am whole now. I, yeah. I have a yeah, purpose. Yeah, absolutely. To protect you. I just, I loved that because Brienne is not the, it just shows, you know, when people talk about like a, a, a mothering protective spirit and a warrior protection. Mm. And it's like, no, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing is it is a desire to stop other people getting hurt. It all, all comes from the same place and we shouldn't yeah. differentiate it. Anyway, let's, let's, we've been talking for ages about that brilliant scene. Really so have. we should probably <laughs> move on. Should we take care of the whole Jon Snow scenario? Because... This is the first time. It's now 17 minutes into the recording, and I haven't even mentioned Jon Snow. (coughs) Which is funny because, you know... I'm a little bit obsessed. I know. know, Well, not only that, but everyone's been obsessed with Jon Snow. Everyone has risen almost to your level of obsession with Jon Snow (laughs) in the hiatus. Because at the the end of last season... Yes, that's right. At the end of last season, like, he was stabbed to death. And, you know, they left that there as a cliffhanger. For the, you know, the first time they could actually do that because book, book readers have no idea what happens to Jon Snow. Oh, and if you are a book reader, like, call in. Yeah. You know, write in. <laughs> call in. Tweet in. <laughs> you got my number. You know we're recording right yeah, now. Call totally. in. Do it. I want to know what book readers felt like watching that. Like, what yeah. was that experience yeah. like? Yeah, because the show is obviously going to stretch this out for longer than I thought they would. Because I, I honestly thought they would get... They would either do one of two things. They're always they're doing the second thing. But the first thing I thought was that they would just get it out of the way straight away. Like, okay, yes, he's dead, but now Melisandre's there. He's going to bring it back to life. That did not happen. Instead, he is dead. And I think it would be hilarious if we got through the entire season where Kit Harrington has basically just lying, just just laid on a on a table for the entire season. Like he hasn't cut his hair because he's had to play a corpse this whole season. <laughs> you know, he's totally still getting paid. It's fine. That would be amazing, but also unsatisfying. I so. just thought maybe he has a twin. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. 
Suddenly in Castle Black, um, James Snow shows up. No, no, bear with me. It just struck me. Like, what if Liana had died in childbirth because it was twins? And Ned had taken one, and someone else had taken the other. Yeah. Like who, who, else else would take, who else would take the... Well, I need to know more about that whole Tower of Joy business and the other knights who were there. Mm. <gasps> Howland Reed. Mira yeah. and Joja's father. He was there, yeah. apparently, at that thing. Maybe, like, Mira is Jon Snow's brother, because she's about the same age. Oh, no, because it would have to be him, a twin, an identical twin. It would have to be an identical yeah, twin. Yeah, point. Okay, so maybe there's an identical <coughs> twin to Jon Snow. Like You're witnessing the creation of a fan theory here, everyone. I think this is very momentous. Okay, so Barry Snow. <laughs> Barry Snow. It's spelt with an apostrophe or something. It's yeah. like B-A-R-R, apostrophe Y-E yeah. or something. Mm. Barry Snow has been holed up, you know, under someone else's protection... And then it turns out he also has amazing abs and hair. <laughs> and when he finds out that, oh, my God, I had a twin brother who was Jon Snow who was amazing, I must take up his mantle mm. and, and, like, fight and shit. I'm just saying, that just occurred to me as we spoke. I think it's a good theory. <laughs> well, we'll see. We will see. Jon Snow has a twin. <laughs> has a twin brother out there somewhere. Now, ladies, I don't know about you, but the prospect of a double trouble <laughs> with Snows... <laughs> has really made my mind spin a little bit. So I'm just going to leave that with you. Take that image away for yourselves. <laughs> run a bath. Have some me time. And just enjoy that little gift that I've given you. I don't know if any women actually listen to this <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a comment or a, anything from a woman who listens to it. But if you are a woman... I'm sure, I'm sure we've got a few or female listeners. some of our gay listeners, gay male listeners, uh, please, by all means, get on Grinder and <laughs> run with that theory. Absolutely. I've distracted myself now. <laughs> Let's go back to the whole Jon Snow scenario opening yes. up. So you were predicting I thought instant he, resurrection. That either, that either cut, just rip that band-aid off and bring him back, or they're obviously now going to play it out over the next couple of episodes. So that's interesting. I still I think it'll be next episode. I don't think, think it'll they, be next episode? I really do. I guess how, I long can you, how long can you keep that going? Think about, well, think about everyone's in a, oh, my God, I've got to do it. They could maybe do one more. But definitely by the third episode, because by by after the second episode, everyone yeah. will be screaming with seriously now. They're, they're <laughs> because, and this is the thing, like the, the the wall often feels very stagnant, but this time it was one of the plot lines that moved forward with the most momentum. It was, you know, what it was stunning, and I, it I was great. I loved every part of it, and it feels bad to say that I loved stuff that happened at the wall with no Jon Snow in it. <laughs> but he was crucial yeah. in that his course well, was crucial. It's almost it's almost like. Having him lying expressionless on a table is exactly the same as having him emoting during sex. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, See, that's I don't mean. want to be cruel, that's but mean. the proof is in the pudding. Look, he's just stoic. He doesn't <laughs> show a lot of emotion, but he's you can tell that he's feeling it, Stu. <laughs> Inside, he has Inside. depths. He has hidden depths. He does. Hidden under all those delicious layers of <laughs> and musculature. He was lying there and this camera kind of swept over the wall and into Castle Black and mm. we saw this corpse there. And Sir Davos, like, wasn't Sir Davos the hero of the episode? He really you know, was. He's, after, yeah, he stepped Brienne. up. And he was so, and I, I think I wrote this in my recap, but I just felt that, like, with Stannis gone, he's got the opportunity now to really come Yeah, because he's so nice. Like, show. it's not like... He's found himself as this smuggler who, who was very good at that job. Yeah. Then he was a second in command who was always kind of slightly frustrated at not being able to, to fully advise, yeah. you know, Stannis the way Stannis, he wanted to yeah. because of the presence of Melisandre. 
And now, well, Stannis is gone. Melisandre's had the winds taken out of her sails by that. And he's got nothing to lose. He's got... Yeah. He's already lost his family. And Absolutely. he's lost his king. So what does he have to lose by, you know, standing up to... Standing up to, to, to Alice the Thorn. Traitorous. <laughs> Night's Watchman. <clears throat> Who does one of the ballsiest, um, I did the wrong thing, but for the right reason, speech. Oh, this, this is Sir Alice. Yes, Sir Alice, where he gets up and says, yeah, I killed him, but I, would, I needed to. I murdered yeah. him. <laughs> he was going to change the watch. He was going to, and you, and you very, um, very funnily uh, drew the comparison with Trump. Uh, in, the, yes. in the thing, he's a ginger man who wants to build a wall and keep, well, all, yeah, keep the people just, on the other side out. It, it, it's just that, that obstinacy <laughs> and refusal to entertain any other viewpoints. Yeah. And I went, of course, and he, he doesn't want people crossing his wall. He's, he's Trump. Like, yeah. I can't believe that didn't occur to me last year, but then Trump hadn't nominated for president. No, last no, we, yeah. so, we were nowhere near the Trump camp. So. You know, he, he, we've always known him to be a bit of a buffoon, but yes. to see his, the extent of his buffoonery yes. has really come to the fore in the last nine months. So thank you very much for that new nickname. And I was a bit disheartened by how quickly, like the what, like the Night's Watch, the general just Night's Watchman, just sort of went... Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they were, they were furious at yeah. the start. They were like, oh, you murderer. And it was good to see. It was good to see <coughs> that they were going, he was the Lord Commander, you don't do that sort of thing. Exactly. But then I guess they just got scared. I mean, they aren't all like Jon Snow. Yeah, no, and... that's true. But they, they just sort of went, okay, fair enough then. Oh, well. After one very short, unconvincing speech <laughs> from a man who is not the greatest orator. No, and he's probably beaten seven hells out yeah, of him during their Yeah, and he's not well liked. Like, Why would they like this him? This is crazy. Meantime, Ollie is standing there. Oh, stupid. The little shit. I really, like, you know, you can talk about Cersei Lannister, you can talk about Ramsay Bolton. Ollie is my most hated character on Game of Thrones. That little... Nonsense, merchant! I hate him so much. What was great though was how old he'd gotten. Yeah, I know he shot up. In, you know, in the <laughs> six hours or so or less that, than Jon Snow had been stabbed. It was a it was a very long night. He had quite, long nights on the wall. Quite a growth spurt, um, and it was so funny the way they tried to play it, play it down by having him sort of tilt his head. <laughs> and I kind of wish they'd just shot a lot of scenes of him. We're going to need you to have stand around. So let's just get mm. you standing around looking glum in different positions and we yeah. can just insert it in <laughs> and then just slowly phase you in. But not, not only looking glum, looking smug. Like, yeah, we, you know, I totally betrayed the man who like saved me and helped me out and tried to take me under his wing. You yeah. Know, just, uh, I hate him. I hate him. Hate Ollie? Hate Ollie. Hate Ollie. All right. Well, if you like, want to join Stu's campaign, <laughs> www.stuhatesolly.com. Like worse than worse than Joffrey. Worse than. Yeah. Well, I guess because Ollie was given so many chances. Yeah. And given so much like attention that John himself received. And like, like I understand I'm having a, an unusual reaction to this no, one no, character, but I really children. do. I really do viscerally hate this yeah. character. I hate him. And and children in general. Are, Awful. Yes, just awful. I mean, they'll sell you out for a freaking lollipop. That's why they tell kids not to take candy from strangers. They know that they'll just go for it. They'll sell you out. Stupid kids. Um, <laughs> kids are fine. We kids are kids. But Ollie we hold children is a little shit. Yeah. Ollie specifically. Yeah, and it was, I mean, I just loved seeing the only real Night's Watchman that was familiar in that group because we lost, you know, 
Grin and yeah, we, we lost Pippa Pip Grin in the in the fight, and, and there's Sam's only uh, away. Sam's gone. So, so there's there was only, only Dolores Ed. Dolores 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 Ed. Dolomite Ed. Okay, yeah, Dolomite Ed. Dolomite Ed. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna write that down. That's a good nickname. Dolomite <laughs> Ed. <laughs> yeah, Dolomite Ed, and like three or four random dudes who I'm, you know, I mean. Great. I'm sure they're some... in the book. Yeah. No, they're not. There's no, there's there's no, no book. book. No, I'm sure they're in book yes. five in some I'm sure way. Some, yeah. And and also, I think it was Pip or Grin, like one of them got killed off when yeah, they're when, actually when, still alive. Yeah, they're still alive, so, so they're sort of standing in for them. But Yeah. So but it was lovely to see him just I mean, the loyalty of going, No, we're just gonna fight. We're all gonna die today, but we're just gonna take out as many people as we can. <laughs> and Davos is, is going simple, yeah. Davos is going, it's it's not the it's best not, plan. Not the best way to do it. Not um, the best plan. Especially not when you have, as he rightly points out, a pretty giant horde of people that Jon Snow personally saved. And sitting not too far away could totally help you out. Yeah, because he says, we've only got, you know, five people. It's like, we've got a dire wolf. Again. Again, not great. Good advantage. <coughs> not necessarily the best advantage. So, no. yes, it was Davos who pointed out that Jon Snow had other friends. Yes. And then he's gone off to get the wildlings. And then there was that fantastic scene later on in the episode where, you know, Alistair was saying, come out, come out, wherever you are. Yeah. We'll treat you all fine. You can just come treat back. And they make sure to show you all of the men with crossbows waiting for I don't them. have my fingers crossed behind my back and my toes <laughs> and my legs crossed. And Davos will give you a horse and you can ride south. Hooray! <laughs> And Davos, bless him, just goes, mutton. <laughs> I'll be needing mutton. Which was just fantastic. Like, he totally took the wind out of Sir Alice's yeah. sails. And then the way he said, I know men like this. Yeah. And they all agreed, yeah, if we let them in, they'll kill us all. They'll kill us, yeah. It's pretty simple. It was just beautiful. And and Ghost there minding John's body as it grows cold. But I've seen it, I've seen it mentioned before, and... Uh, it's been mentioned quite a bit in the last sort of day or so after the episode aired. Why are they even guarding his body? Like, it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense what they're actually doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I like, mean, like because, like, ultimately, we're going to need his body because he's going to be resurrected, but they don't know that. Like, why, are, I, why are they guarding his body like they are? I suppose it's a protection thing. Like, if they just leave it there... You know, it's not very respectful. Like, it's just a respect thing. Like, we yeah, take yeah, his body in and then try to burn it later or mm. see if anything happens to it or just... Maybe they weren't thinking. Maybe it was just a reaction of quickly, we just got to get get him inside because if they find his body, they might... I mean, remember what they do to did to Rob? Yeah. Um, they cut yeah, his head off. yeah. Actually, you know, that, and that was one of my biggest fears was, are they going to kill Ghost as well? Are the Night's Watchmen going to turn on Ghost? Because Ghost yeah. was locked up in his pen. That's right. Uh, and they could have easily gone in and stabbed him like they did with Grey Wind, uh, yeah. with Rob Wolf. So I was very happy to see that Ghost survived. Ghost is still with us. That's very good. And I'm sure that there are people out there who theorise that John is also a warg and has sent himself into Ghost. <laughs> so John is actually Ghost. That's um, yet to be disproven. But... Yes. And while I have seen some videos on the internet... I don't stoop to that level of adoration <laughs> when it comes to canines. I'm just saying. Just infer whatever you want from that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I remain pure and I respect Ghost, but my adoration is saved for the human form of... Wow, I should just edit all that out. Yep. That's, that's... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to think where, where you're going with that. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I had no idea. I was just... 
I was trying to imply that I don't know what I was trying to imply. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. But yes, let's get to that final. I mean, we saw Melisandre come in to see the dead John, and she looked so sad to see him she dead. Did. And, and this is the thing too. Like the show's obviously playing with expectations because you know they've got the body, they're guarding him, they bring Melisandre in. Everyone's thinking, well, here we go. She's going to do the magic, and he's going to sit up, and then they're going to take on the traitorous Night's Watch. That did not happen. She just sort of looks at him very sadly, and she goes, yeah, I, I saw him at Winterfell fighting in the flames, and now mm. he's dead. Like, And she is shaken to her core. Mm. She's already lost one, you know, potential Azor High. Yeah. Now she's lost John, who she kind of was sizing up as a potential second candidate. Or, you know, sex puppet. Well, yes. You know, whatever. Whatever you need. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, and she... and. She's been shaken. This is twice in a row in a very quick succession that she's had everything that she thought she knew swept out from under her, and, and she's obviously all at sea, and she just walks out again, which is very strange. All at sea or all at sea worth? Ah, because she and thing. Davos sort of seem to be, I guess, thrown together by events yes. and, and weren't hating on each other, you know, and he was quite mm. gentle with her, saying, you know, he's gone, and... Then later, when he suggests that they get her involved in their fight, they're like, one woman against 40 men. And I just, I laughed because I was like, you guys, it's yeah. Melisandre. <laughs> but then Davos had that same expression of yeah. sort of slight rolled eyes and then said, you haven't seen her do what I've seen her yes, do. Yes, that's right. Including give birth to a demon shadow baby. That's right, exactly. Assassin, demon shadow baby, hmm. assassin. <laughs> And then, of course, we go into Melisandre's chamber where she sits forlornly on her bed and then she gets up to look at herself in the mirror and she undoes her robe. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful, Bruce Van Outen body. And, you, you, can, know, you can have Jon Snow, I'll have Bruce Van Outen. Sure, let's divvy it up that way. That's yeah. fine. Then she removes that beautiful choker that she's worn through the entire series thus far. Well, not not all the time, as many people have pointed out. But anyway, we'll get to that. Oh, have yeah. we? Well, no, well... I can't remember a time of her not wearing it. There, uh, last season, I think, or in she was there was a scene of her in the bath, and she was totally naked, no necklace. Oh, right. And people have been like, well, does it work that way, or does it... Does she have to have the necklace on, or does it... How does it actually Was she work? with anyone in Yes, she was talking scene? to, I think, Stannis' wife, the queen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I figured it was a, I mean, well, let's say what happened. Is she turns yeah. into an old, into an old, 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 ancient, haggard, very old. naked old lady. Yeah. Um, which no, more naked, to, no more naked than Well, no more naked was. than Clarice Van Hamden yeah. just was. Yeah, that's true. But there's something more affecting <clears throat> about it. Because there is. it is not this sort of stereotypically beautiful, youthful body. Yeah. And I, I was trying to work out, I think it might have been digitally altered. I don't... Apparently, apparently it was Carice Van Outen's head. It was the same thing they did last season for The Walk of Shame. Oh, right. Where she was made up in the old the old makeup. Yeah. And then it was actually a real life old lady um, who they got to be a, oh, be cool. a naked body. Because they did, it did seem a little bit digitally, that's all I'll say, but maybe it was lighting. Yeah. But I was, I mean, I was actually overjoyed to see that. And mm. so many people, like I, you texted me after you'd watched the episode going, Melisandre's an old lady. <laughs> well, I was just 
surprised. I was well, like, the, the revelation of that I was have amazing. to say that I wasn't that surprised by it. A lot of people have said like, this. Like, when it happened, because there are some fables, and I think one's like a Lancelot, you know, King Arthur fable. Mm. Uh, and I remember this, this story of the knight who meets an old, decrepit old hag she does him a favor for some reason, helps him win a fight or something. And she says, my prize is that you will marry me. Mm. And so because he's a knight and he has honor, he has to kind of marry her and he's very disappointed. But then in the nighttime, at the nighttime, once it becomes nighttime and they retire to bed, it turns out she's a beautiful young woman. Right. So she says to him, you can have a choice. You can have me be a beautiful woman at night in your bed and I'll be a crone by day, but that will be embarrassing to you. Mm. Or you can have me as a beautiful woman in the daytime, so you'll feel, you know, you'll look good at court, but you'll have me as an old woman in bed. Right. And she says, you know, what would you like? And he thinks about it, and eventually he says, it's your decision. You choose. See, so because see, he fellas, says that... fellas, take note. Take note. Very nice. Because he says that, she says... Thank you very much or for that decision. It was the right one, and now I'll be a beautiful woman for you the whole time. So, I mean, little twist at the end there. Yeah. Clearly, it's still yeah. a bit ageist. That's but right. then there's also the Shrek myth with Fiona, where oh, she's, a, right. she's yeah. a, 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 an ogre by night or by on yeah, the moon or something. Yeah. And then when she wishes for her true heart's desire, she becomes an ogre full time, which is right. a, a yes. nicer yeah. message on that. That's right. So because of that kind of storytelling of the, the witch who is, in fact, actually... Old, something, something else, yeah, yeah. That didn't surprise me too much. That did, only because they've used, like, Melisandre's sexuality quite prominently throughout the series. Like, Do you she's... think it's really messed up a whole bunch of dudes? <laughs> <laughs> He's been there quietly... Was a, there was a, a strong and quite disturbing response to it online, I oh, must say. Like, just oh, yeah, Because I, I was too busy recapping. A lot, so of, I... a lot of gifs of, you know, my eyes and all that sort of thing. Oh, like, was yeah, there? I was like, oh, oh that's, that's, not, that's I, not cool. You know what? I thought it was glorious to see an old woman's body with the natural you know, ageing of the body and the sagging of the body and the lived experience of that body. Yeah. And the kind of sadness that comes with, you know, I am no longer this beautiful thing. My reality is... Yeah. You know what, though? I could totally live with having a shallow reality. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Just age me up. Dorian Gray me, the inside. <laughs> Just keep me all youthful on the outside. But as I said in my recap, that's that's a feminine dilemma that... that we all kind of live with as women, which is we're sort of expected to be totally, attractive yeah. in a way. Mm, and yeah. quite often we're not. And it's funny that it should be Melisandre that, that they choose to do this with. Because it, it does it does make a lot of sense from a character perspective because she's at her lowest moment, you know. To reveal that. To, to reveal that revelation about her, that she is just this frail old woman who's tricking everyone into thinking that she is this beautiful, powerful um, person. You know, and you know what, in a way, though, I thought <coughs> it was... Still a powerful moment because, yes, it was a moment of vulnerability, but I didn't think that she was, I, I felt it was so powerful in the fact that she was like, tonight I'm going to sleep as myself. I'm. Oh, you know, no, I'm, I, I don't think that's what the show was after. I mean, if that's what you took from it, then that's great. I'm not to saying that in a patronizing way. Like, that's great. Feminism. But um, I, think, I, I think what the show was trying to convey was that she was at her lowest moment. That she... Yeah, and I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'm saying that there was still, for me, there was still power in that. There was still 
there was still sort of a beauty in her vulnerability. Sure, yeah. And yeah. and it made me empathise with Melisandra a lot more than mm. I have in yeah, absolutely. previous yeah, episodes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You and suddenly... it was such a low-key ending, you know, because so often Game of Thrones finished with a big, <gasps> you know, and then this was such then, a... But to be fair, uh, that, that was a, oh. Yeah, like, but, it, but it wasn't a, oh, my God, it was, it was more of a, oh. Like a slow you know, realisation, oh, oh, wow. Does this mean that she's at the end of her life? Does this mean she... She's lacking the power to sustain this magic that, you mm. know, or whatever the Lord of Light has given her to keep her young. You know, because then I've seen, I think, since the idea that maybe she'll give her life or what's left of it for John to bring John back. Mm. But why should she do that? Like, what is the motivation for her needing to do that when she has clearly acted on this before? Is she, how, how long has she been this old woman? Do I mean, like, she's obviously been this old woman for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it's, why would it be now that she has to well, kind of give up? It's funny that. I wasn't spoiled on this at all. Like I, I, it caught me completely by surprise. A lot of people have sort of said afterwards, oh, yeah, well, of course. But not... Is that your impression of me? No, not you, not <laughs> you. If you were like, oh, right, yeah. of course. For me, I was just like, what? Like, I was just, just exploding head gif. I was like, that's that was crazy. It never occurred to me that she was anything other than what she, what she was. Yeah. Right? I thought she was like a manipulative sorceress, but I didn't think that she was like also on top of that glamouring people to think that she was young when she was actually well no that, that's that's what it, you know it's like it's like a fairy glamour yeah. like you know but you know i saw a lot of people go oh you know of course she was because she's like this and i'm just like okay well you know i didn't get that but apparently i'm very lucky to have missed it because apparently carice van outen has been just saying like since she first appeared she's like oh yeah i'm about 400 years old apparently my, my character you know? i completely missed that as well yeah yeah like <laughs> Apparently, just in interviews, she's just been casually dropping it. Like, not in all the interviews, but just every once in a while when she's talking about Melisandre's motivation. How did I miss that? Like, how, how, yeah, did that, how was that, that not widely reported? That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Well, maybe it says it in the books and they just didn't tell us. No, apparently... But you uh, would think that the book readers would tell us. Apparently. This is the thing. Uh, this is, yeah, that's right. No, They're actually, the book, read, the book readers have been very good. I'm kidding. The, the book readers have been remarkably good. It's the um, TV readers that get ahead and then... Sort of the TV watchers who get ahead and then spoil it for spoil everyone. Spoil it for everyone. But they can't do it anymore. Well, unless they watch it before we do. Yes. Don't spoil on Twitter. Yes. Just give it at least 12 hours. I can't, <laughs> I can't watch these straight away, people. I, I need some time. So let's try to, in the time we have left, wrap up all the <laughs> other... Well, we dealt with two very big... They were big, you know, and we're big, you know, we're enjoying being back. That's and, right, exactly. And having new stuff to talk about. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Rather than just having to rely on each other's odious personality. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't have an odious personality. Yes, so we've talked about Brienne Winterfell. Let's just go back to the Boltons, because we did yes. mention them briefly. Yeah. Let's wrap them up. Ramsay was mourning Miranda. In his own way. instructing her body to be fed to the dogs. Which makes a certain twisted kind of sense. It's, it's, it's a bit Deadwood. If you, it's a if bit you deal it, yeah. <laughs> yes. Deadwood style, if you remember Deadwood. Uh, someone was always feeding people to the pigs. Elsewhere engine, who actually will be showing up. Um, oh my God, he is Later, this, later yeah, this season. He's yeah, in this so season. Al Swearingen, guys. Ian McShane. I know, he's going to be great. 
He's only just one of the best. I, who, I, who famously described that he said he, he's not going to worry about spoilers because we should all calm down. It's just tits and dragons. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Stu, why didn't we call this podcast Tits and, tits and, dragons. and dragons? We missed a trick there. We oh, would get so many more listeners. We would. <laughs> We'd certainly get a lot more hits. Oh, wow. Maybe I should HTM. What is the when you met a meta tag? Metadata. Metadata. Meta yeah, yeah. I just need to put tits and dragons, tits and dragons <laughs> in every metadata thing. Um, so, yeah, so feed, I, I thought that was, it was so gross, but it was completely Ramsey. It, it was totally in character. It, it was amazing. Yeah, yes. absolutely in character. <laughs> and he's saying, I'm going to revisit, you know, your pain on them. And so you're like, oh God, poor Sansa, poor Theon. Yep. But then mm. Bruce Bolton, now hate the guy, but I have to give him credit for the way he plays his own <laughs> son he, in he this really, scene. He really does play him. It's crazy. He says... Oh well, you did well. Mm. Yeah, you did fine. But do you do you really feel like a winner? <laughs> because I mean, Stannis's army was half deserted, and it was snowing, and they were kind of caught, trapped, and you know, it wasn't that hard to beat them. Mm. I mean, if a Lannister army comes on you, <laughs> You're and they have real trouble. proper food and supplies, yeah. and they're well disciplined. What's going to happen? Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. And also, if you don't get Sansa back. You'll never be able to have an heir, so I guess we better hope that my wife, who's pregnant, really is having a boy. Mm. It was so... And once again, we've been taken out of the line of succession. And you realise how, where the psychoness is really coming from, Ramsey. Yeah. Roos just isn't as obvious about it, but he's so <laughs> clinical. Yeah. I had a grudging moment of respect for Roos in that in that moment because oh. I want to see Ramsey done over so badly. So mm. to see his own dad going... But maybe that's, I mean, it's probably just cleverness on behalf of Roos because he knows he just needs to niggle Ramsay. Yeah. And Ramsay will... Ramsay will do things. But he says, you played your games with Theon and Sansa. Well, he he doesn't doesn't approve of what Ramsay does, but he tolerates it. But what? Like, he should just stop that shit. Shut it down. But he doesn't... Shut it down, as John Oliver would say. Shut Shut it it down. down. But he doesn't, he doesn't care. Right. The only time that he cares is when it interferes with things. And that's what that's why he throws it back at him. He says, You played your games with Theon and Sansa and now they've both escaped. You know, and he's yeah. saying, you know, was it worth it? Like like obviously he wouldn't do that. He wasn't gonna save them from those things. He didn't he doesn't object to them on moral grounds. He objects to them because they eventually drove them away. Yeah. You know, that, that it was like a strategic thing for him. But but and and Roos just seems quite calm about the fact that they might not hold on to the north. Yeah, but Roos is always calm. He's like this True. strange, like cool, just eerily calm in yeah. the face of just anything. Because he that says, happens. "I abandoned my loyalty. I, mm. you know, I abandoned everything I'd ever been a part of and yeah. betrayed everyone mm. to get where I am." And, it, 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 and he's so cold about it. He just and as they so keep ruthless. Saying, as they keep saying, the North remembers. Mm. So. Oh God! I hope they I do. Think, I, I hope they remember with a big spike. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of, of big spikes, spikes. <laughs> now isn't that a good natural segue to Dawn? Yes. Uh, let's briefly mention Dawn. It was where several people got a big spike. Yeah, it was really funny because I got to the end of my recap and was starting to format it, and then went, "Oh, I haven't mentioned the Dawn stuff," <laughs> and that really did actually shock me. Like you talk about being shocked at Melisandre, I had a, mm. I had a physical kind of, "Oh God." When Ilaria, who was helping Prince Doran up to his wheelchair yes. and seemed to be very nice and 
and they were having a nice chat about how awesome Oberon was, but how he was more of an adventurer than a politician. Mm. And, you know, Doran has his place and Oberon had his and they're all very nice and calm. And then Doran gets a raven and says, the princess Marcella say what? <laughs> and then cops a dagger to the chair. Ilaria straight just straight away. Wang. And straight away. Then one of the daughters grabs her dagger and just stabs that. The tiniest one. Can I, just, can I just say, yeah. they chose the tiniest one to stab I'm, the largest man in the back. I think I got, because I know Obara Sand was on the ship with Tristane, but then there's yes. Tyene and Nymeria. And well, that wasn't Nymeria, that was Tyene. That was Tyene, yeah. yeah. I think... Yeah, I think I got. I, yeah. I, look, it was Tyene. She, she was the one. She was the one in the cells last season who got her boobs out for Bron. Right, which yeah. explains why you must remember her yes. better than I do. <laughs> you, I was, you have no memory of her. Like, she is vividly in the. I was looking at the pictures online, yeah. going, I think that was her, <laughs> like from last season. But they changed outfits. They're in like bolder outfits yeah. this time, and they've changed. Like day wear. I think that's. Was that that one or that one? And because I was trying to remember what the episode was, was that? So anyway, as you you say, it was a small sand snake who then stabbed <laughs> the huge Ario Hota. Now I made a point in my recap just very briefly, but I'd like to sort of go into it. Was that the most thankless role of anyone on Game of Thrones? You you would be so hard pressed to think of anyone else. Because, like, I mean, Prince Doran himself was a bit of a thankless role. He sort of turned up a few times last season to go, mm-hmm. hmm, I am wise and like to do nothing. Yeah, he's pretty close, but... But I think Ario Hota is like a point of view character in the book, so I think we see that Dawn stuff from his perspective, and so... Yeah, and he's also built up as kind of a badass. And yeah. I, I know the show likes to do that a lot, where it sort of undercuts the fact that someone's an awesome dude, and then they just die, often in a horrible way, but... He's a giant, awesome-looking dude with an axe, like a big axe staff thing. And, you would you know, think you a would dagger think... wouldn't get through the layers yeah, of skin like, and muscle. Like, just, like, surely he would just shrug that off. <laughs> My goodness. Walk it off. Yeah. Walk it off. But, like, seriously, he could just flex and but the he, knife would just pop out. He didn't have any lines. No. And he, he just... had minimal lines last season. Yeah. He just was there, looked cool, died. Yeah. It just seemed like the most thankless. That, that, that really sums up the whole oh. Dawn plot, which is <laughs> there, looked cool, died. Yeah. So Prince Doran died. And it, I mean, that was a brutal scene with Ilaria kind of standing over him like a yeah. vengeful, you know, avenging angel going, mm. going, you are weak and weak men will not rule Dawn anymore. <laughs> and it was really, you know, quite cool mm. in that, in that instance. But it, it did shock me, physically shock me to see that happen. Mm. But then I clearly, with everything else that happened in the episode, I kind of, I kind of forgot. No, absolutely. But but it does frustrate me too because like uh, the I've, I've forgotten her name already. Um, Ilaria. Ilaria. Ilaria Sand is absolutely Cersei Lannistering it. Like she's just doing the worst possible thing for deeply personal reasons. Doing a Cersei. Doing a Cersei. Like just she she's doing she's acting out of pure petty revenge. And it's all going to blow up in her face. I can absolutely see it happening, you know, like... But she seems to suggest that all of Dawn hates Doran. Yeah, she says, and yet she just murdered him. Like, it's very... I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I, again, like, Dawn is rapidly turning into the new Greyjoys for me. (laughs) Like, it's... Like, it was really interesting. When they brought it back, I didn't think they were going to bring it back in the first episode. I thought I thought they were going to put it aside. Yeah. You know, because obviously they were going to have to deal with what happens with Cersei and, and Marcella. But 
I also thought they might leave that for a couple of episodes before they got back into it. But no, they jumped straight back in. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is obviously going to be a big part of this series. And then Prince Doran gets killed off straight away. Yeah. And then you we know. cut to the ship where Doran is? I don't... Uh, not Doran. Uh, Tristan. Tristan, yeah. Why is he on a ship? When they, they were going... He was going back to um, King's Landing as well. Oh, yeah, because he was painting eyes on... Yeah, so he was painting eyes. On rocks. And this is the thing. So he must have been painting eyes for Marcella. Yeah. Right? And this is the crazy thing, because it never... It didn't occur to me straight away, oh, they're on a ship. Which means that those two are in King's Landing, or at least on a ship heading for King's Landing. But was he on the ship with Jamie? I think he was on a different ship. Or maybe he was on the same ship. Yeah, and Jamie was... So, so they must be on the same ship that Jamie came in on. But that, and how did but they then, get the signal to? But then they have two. Yeah, exactly. To strike. And maybe they. Maybe they knew like once they've gotten once they got the Marcella off. Yeah. It's okay. But slather, this is the him. thing. Like, Marcella collapses from what is clearly a horrible poison. Mm. The two sand snakes that are on the ship oh, don't yeah. get locked up. They yeah. just get left there. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a Dawnish ship. But well, did they know? Like, did they know that it was? You know, Ilaria who did it because it was poison lipstick. That old chestnut. Yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, I guess it just feels sloppy. It just feels really loose in terms of like plotting and character and stuff. Just in real nuts and bolts stuff. It's just very confusing. It was confusing. But what wasn't confusing was the Sand Snake saying, (laughs) We're here to kill you. (laughs) Which one of us do you want to kill you? And then he points at one, and then that was a very visceral. You know, the camera is on Tristane's face. And then all of a sudden you see the spear just kind of burst Burst out of his face. Because what you should absolutely do if you've just been told that someone wants to kill you is turn your back on them. In a very weird bit of staging. It was done for a a very good reason. Like, like it was done for that impact of that that shot. But I just wish they'd gotten there a bit more organically because they just seemed... Like, he literally just walked into the middle of them, very obviously, and, like, turned his back on Ibarra. And I'm sitting there going, she's going to stab you. See, it happened too quickly for me to process that. Yeah. Like, don't turn your back on oh, her. No, I just was going, just, why yeah. are they doing this? You know, and then bang. I was like, oh, of course he, yeah, of course they did. That felt why would I, why would I think that he would not be killed? I know. Yeah. Cause he, cause he picks up his sword and everything and you think like, oh, maybe he's going to put up a, no, 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 he's dead. He's dead. It's more shallow. Yeah. I think yeah. I must've thought he was good looking. So <laughs> therefore he should survive. Um, so yeah, so we're done with Dawn. And Hopefully. you mentioned Cersei and Marcella, so let's talk the Cersei, Jamie, Marcella reaction. Yeah, which was... And a... I... You know what? I really liked Cersei this episode. I really felt empathy with her, and I, you know, just... My heart broke for her as I watched her face as she kind of realised that Marcella was coming back, but, you know... That, that was great. On that a was slab, fantastic. And it was just on her face, and the camera was just locked on her face, and we saw this realization and but still that gritty grittiness the gritty grittiness the gritty grittiness um resolve i think i'm, yes. I'm is the word i'm reaching for and and that sense of well, what she knew well she went she went down there she went down there all like joyful to greet Marcella. she's like oh Marcella's back and then she instantly realizes no she's not or she is but in the worst possible way and it's just it's heartbreaking to watch that mm. sort of play out across her face lena Hedy does the most amazing job mm. of conveying that like wordlessly. It's amazing. It's such a great job. Mm. Um, I think later when they, ha- when they have that conversation 
again, it's a great scene and a great bit of acting, but I think, I, I thought it was a bit out of character. Like I thought she showed... It was showed, completely out of character yeah. because she showed self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. Like, like she showed some, like a she very... Said, Marcella was pure and she didn't, I don't know where she came from because she's not like me, no meanness, no jealousy. And I went, oh my yeah. God, Cersei, like <laughs> you, you know that about yourself. You, you. But no, she doesn't. And that's the thing, like not at all up until this point have we had any sense that Cersei can like self-analyze in that way. Like she is. Well, maybe warm. losing a beloved child but might help you do that. Maybe, maybe, but it just felt, it felt but very it gave, out of character. It, it gave me... A, a really good understanding of why she does what she does or why she struggled so hard for Marcella is it's like, if I keep this good thing that I made close, yeah. even though it's the product of incest, even mm. though I am, a, you know, a terrible person who wants to harm everybody. If I've got this one good thing yeah. close to and me, even if it's, a, even if it's a retcon, it works because we've been, at, when we, we've been doing the rewatch and even back in season one, She's fiercely protective of Marcella specifically, mm. not even just Tommen, but Marcella. Mm. She's always been very protective of her. So it fits. Like, it, it all fits. And if, if we find that... Because she you know, knows what she went through as a daughter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think she has that, that utter empathy for wanting to protect her daughter from that. And yeah. especially since her daughter is, a, is good. But Where it, did but, that come from genetically? Yeah, well, that's right, exactly, in the Lannister line. Because, I mean, La Jamie's not... But then Tyrion, Tyrion is also there. Yeah, or, Tyrion is or there. Or is he? Uh, probably. 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 We hope so. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, so she thinks that this was all going to happen because of prophecy. And Jamie says, well, F that. <laughs> They're our enemies and we'll... There are several Fs in his speech, yes. Yeah, it's quite... Declarative. Declarative, is that a word? <laughs> yes, that'll do. Eh, made it up. And so, uh, you know, it's not going to last long. The, the Cersei we know and love and love to hate She'll will come back. be back yeah, next yeah. episode. Absolutely. But it was, I found it such an interesting insight to see her go through this process of self-analysis and think, you know, that was the one good thing that I ever did. Yeah, and she has just she has just been through that whole ordeal as well, where she did the walk of shame and everything. I guess you know. Yeah, I don't she's, still, she's in a she's in a vulnerable position. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk Marine. Tyrion is in Marine mm -hmm. with Varys, and they're out. I was so happy to see them together again. Just Can I just say, just walking down the down the pier, I was so happy. If you can't have Tyrion and Bronn, you can Tyrion, have Tyrion and Varys. Is absolutely. So not a, a bad not a, not a bad second place, absolutely. So they are wandering around. I was hoping for a small bronze scene, just one. No, we didn't get any bronze. Well, bronze became a lord. And yeah, but he was on the ship with Jamie. Like, surely there could have been something, but obviously they were they were getting to other things. Oh yeah, that's right. He know. did go. So he was coming him. back. He we, he was there. He could have been there. But I haven't like, seen him in any whatever, of the trailers or anything. Hopefully, no, no, yeah. Him. Be around. If not, the, the other the other option is just for him to just go quietly and live as a lord somewhere, and he can be happy. Yeah, just get really <laughs> yeah, fat. Get really, really fat and have a good time. That, that he can go and do that now. Yeah, job well done. Yeah, life well, well done, lived. <laughs> and yeah, so Tyrion and Varys are walking around Marine, which the the Drasnak Pit fight and rebellion happened in season. Five episode nine, so they admittedly had a little more time to recover, but you know it, it still again seems to have happened very quickly that the whole city has gone to rack and ruin. But maybe it's not that much of a surprise. 
I think it's just that it was deserted. Like, like people weren't in the marketplaces and things like that because they were freaking out. You know, that there was, yeah. like, a dragon came. And, yeah. And... And then... <laughs> but then, and then they, they, they happened upon... They're just sort of walking around seeing every potential problem. Like, they just walk past it. <laughs> yes. Including a spy hiding in the shadows, just as Tyrion <laughs> is saying, there are people who want to murder us everywhere. And you're looking at a spy, like the back of a spy's head, yeah. sort of eyeing them off. Um, but then they, he tries to give money to a peasant there's a, there's a lovely bit of business. girl where she thinks he's trying to eat her baby, but Varys explains, <laughs> no, he's trying to give you money to get food for your baby. And then she thanks Varys. That's, that's what I love. Yeah. I, I love that Tyrion just keeps getting shit on. Like, it's yeah. just, even when he's trying to do something nice for someone, people still just react to him in a yeah. horrible way. It's very in character and it's very tragic. And I like that about his character is that yeah. he constantly tries to do the right thing and he keeps getting crapped on, but... He keeps trying he keeps to do the going. right thing. Yeah, that is true. He's indefatigable. Yeah. And there's the Lord of Light priest who seems yeah. to be preaching about Daenerys. And, like, now that she's gone, are you going to stand up and fight for yourself? Like, I couldn't quite tell. Because yeah. on the other hand, there was that graffiti that said, kill the masters, Misa is a master. Yeah. And which I saw someone point out online, why was that written in English? Like, they speak Valerian. <laughs> <laughs> Surely that should have been in sort of a Valerian characters. That's a and great catch, whoever did that. That yeah, never occurred I, to me. That's, yeah. that's like in the first Star Wars, how all the labels are in English, and then they went back, one of the changes was they digitally changed them to whatever weird space language they use in oh, really? Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, in the, in the, in the redone versions, they uh, changed all the labels, because they're, they're just labels in English in the, the original Star yeah. Wars. Well, it's a long time ago. In, in a galaxy, galaxy far, far, far away. away. So why would they speak they went, Yeah, exactly. So they went and changed all the labels. Mm. That's hilarious. I never even thought about yeah. that. Is it meant to be in the common tongue? Are we are we doing that where like the common tongue is just English and But then they don't speak that on the no, street. No, they don't. No. Why Marine, would it, why would it even Valerian. be English even if it wasn't English? That's crazy. I never even thought of that. Yeah, it, it was only because I saw this online. So whoever you were who, who pinged that, that is I'm genius. sure probably a few people did, but the one I saw, well done. That is genius. So there seems to be this kind of rebellion against Daenerys, but also the Lord of Light followers saying no no fight for yourself like do what she yeah and it's kind of like it's not it's not anti-Daenerys but it's also telling them to like stay rising stay, up yeah, yeah. don't, stay don't just up. don't just like fall back down again yeah. like just keep going and so it's weird I it's mean weird, the upshot right? is Tyrion and Varys are like well we're kind of boned like everything's bugged <laughs> and then everyone starts running away and the fleet the fleet the fleet is on the <laughs> Up in flames. Yes. And just, you know, Tyrion, not even a glance of surprise, just, well, I guess we aren't going to Westeros after all. <laughs> at, at which point he should have looked directly at camera and just shrugged. Um, <laughs> Done that emoji? Because, yeah, shrug emoji? Because that's basically what he was doing. Like, or, just, or just turned around and walked slowly away from the flames. <laughs> done a slow motion explosion slow motion walk away from explosion, explosion. Yeah. they really should hmm. get onto that so yeah i'm not quite sure what'll happen with there but we did see jorah and mario yes um up in dario noharis i get you so used to calling these people by their nicknames i forget their actual names <laughs> people know that they read the recaps yeah i hope so because otherwise this is hugely confusing <laughs> i keep thinking that for like the patreon people i should do a a potted history of all the nicknames, yes. like yeah, yeah. why they came about, yeah. like from Dario to Fabio to Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and I, real, you know, I realised today when I was thinking about how I called 
Melisandre Kate Bush because back that's who she reminded me yeah. of. But then just in this episode, I said, did I mean Tori Amos? I think you maybe might, you might have meant Tori Amos. Now, look, there's a definite Tori Amos vibe coming off Melisandre. In my defence, there's a lot of crossover there. Yeah. But I did think for a moment, maybe I need to change her name now to Tori Amos. <laughs> so, I think we're stuck with Kate Bush. Yeah, and we're Kate know, Bush. not even stuck. It's fine. Well, it would differentiate from Kate Middleton. That's, that's my, true, yes. But we'll get to her in a moment. A lot happened in this episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we said we're going to keep this under an hour, and I am very, we very... blown past yeah. that. Whoops, let's, let's move it along. Jorah and Mario are on the hunt for Danny. They find corpses of sheep and goats mm. that the dragon has been eating along the way, which it, very yeah. coincidentally leads them straight to where she was. Yes. And they find her ring. Mm. Uh, and Jorah has that wonderful quote where, because Mario's asking, like, why hasn't she come back? Again, she's only been gone a little while. Like, eh, maybe yeah. she's trying to find her way back and it's not that hard. And, and That's it. And also you're going to look for her. Like, yeah. yeah. And he says maybe she wanted to escape men like us. And Jorah says, I've been all over the world. There's no escaping men like us. Which I was just like, oh, boom! Calm down the patriarchy, Jorah! <laughs> but it, it is. He's men like us are men who have a uh, a fundamentally decent soul, I think, but do weird, messed up, freaking bad shit along the way. Like Jorah is essentially a good man, but trained well, slaves. I think, I think he was mostly. I think he was more talking. He was just saying, you know, bad men, bad, men like us, you know. Like, but I don't. But men like them to me represents not just a a bad man. You know, freaking Ramsay Bolton is a bad man. Yeah. Jorah and Mario are more complex than that in that they have good intentions a lot of the time yes, or they yeah. have sort of a desire to be honourable, but they do messed up things. Yeah. Jorah probably more so than Mario in that he was a <laughs> slave trader. But, you know, Mario was a mercenary, you know, yeah. just learnt to fight. But then that's a product of his, he grew up in the slave pits. He had to fight mm. to survive. But he's fundamentally a good guy. So that's what I took from that, which is well-meaning men who yes. do messed up Shit, and that's what I took from men like us. Sure. But that was yeah. my reading of it, and maybe I'm just a bit wish fulfillment in that. <laughs> but that, that's what I felt, because no, Jorah, no, Jora, he's got grayscale, and we look at his arm, and it's spreading. Yes. And if he was totally good, he would say, you know what, I've been touched. I need to, I, I just can't help because I might infect you. Or at least tell Mario, don't touch me, whatever you do. I'm going to keep doing this until I gets taken over and then you'll have to kill me or, or work out a plan. Yeah. But I guess he can't trust Mario because he probably can't trust anyone who's not. No, Danny. that's right. And that's the bad thing is not having that trust or not being able to, and, and doing a bad thing of not telling the potential danger mm, that you yes. are in and, and the other person is in. So that's what I took from men, men like us. But I, I really loved that line. That was a great um, line. It was a great line. Yeah. Cause I, I just think it was more complex than just saying bad men. Cause I think it's just too easy to say, bad men. It's much more interesting for me to say men who have good intentions. Yes. But, but who do bad things. Yeah, do yeah. bad things. So it's it's a, it's a much more interesting to me. So there you go, men. See? <laughs> I'm not all against you. I'm not some, you know, completely rabid feminazi. Do you have that you know, reputation? Oh, no, you just know some of the guys on the internet. You say anything about you know, hey, let's have equality. And they're like, and I'm like, no, 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 it's cool. We can talk about these things. Yes. Most men, top blokes. You know what? No feminist is saying kill all men. Well, look, sometimes in our meetings where we're (laughs) pillow fighting naked, 
we do. But that's just the emotion of the situation. So, men, cheer up. There we go. It's not all bad news. Hashtag not all bad men. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. Bravos. Aria. Yes, Aria. I found that scene a little disappointing. Yeah, a little disappointing, um, a little frustrating. But then I also find the wife, I think she's called, that yeah. other girl, I find her annoying and disappointing as well. It was so, just kind of a nothing scene, like yeah. Aria's begging. It was kind of point. We needed to touch in with Aria and yeah. see what she was up to. Yeah. But also they're, she they're saving. Been dead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she, I mean, she clearly was never going to be because right, exactly. Williams is yes. awesome, but... It very much appeared because he said the faces, if you're someone, they're poison. poison. Yeah. So, so we, we had to touch in with her, but they're obviously saving a lot of her stuff for at the yeah. very least the next episode, if not a couple more episodes down the track. Bring back Jack and Nagar. He'll be back. We had a brief sighting of Marjorie in prison. Again, a bit of a filler scene just to show that she's there, I guess. Yeah, like um. And the what, High Sparrow saying, oh, you've got a long was it, way was to Was it you who were saying that they were, they were playing Good Sparrow, Bad Sparrow, or, or Bad No, Sparrow? I didn't no. see that, but that's that must, an that must excellent. Have been a different one, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Stu, have you been cheating on me oh, with other recaps? I, I read broadly, Natalie, as you, as you know. Well, no, that was good. I wish I, I thought can't, of that. I can't get enough of Game of Thrones, so I'll read whatever I can get. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did think that she was being, I was the one who said that she was like the freak from prison. Yes, yeah, that was great. That, that was, was my great. comparison. She was the but Good cop, bad cop is very good <laughs> uh, because she was just standing there going, confess, <laughs> confess. <laughs> and then it comes in and she's like, the, the scepter can sometimes be a little bit uh, overzealous. Yeah. So that was her, but let's, I forgot to, we just forgot to mention Danny, what Danny is doing. Yes. Daenerys. Wow. We're in some really good scenes. Um, yeah. Some really good scenes. And those, um, the comedy Dothraki. The comedy Dothraki was amazing. Having their little dirty. I laughed harder than I probably should at that stuff. They, they were being so filthy at her and there's Danny in her chains and she can understand <laughs> everything they're saying, yeah. but doesn't want to give away the fact that she can speak Dothraki. At this point, so she's listening to them say all manner of terrible things about her. And Not the first time that's happened because we had that whole stuff back in. I oh think, yeah, with the lady. Uh, no, in Astapor. In Astapor, when, when she brought the slaves, yeah, and, then, and he's just insulting her to her face again and yeah, again and again. Yeah. And it's finally revealed. So it's a similar. She totally speaks High Valyrian, yeah, so it's fine. Lesson is. Just don't insult Daenerys in any language, because no, no. chances are she may speak it. She's going to burn you with a dragon, yeah. which could still happen. Hopefully. Um, so they're saying, oh, we're going to take her tonight, and she's, you know, white-haired woman, with the collars match the cuffs, that sort of thing. And then, oh, she's just stupid. You don't need brains to be hemmed up the hand. <laughs> and, and then the guy says, yeah. And then the guy says, oh, I like mine to talk. Otherwise, we're just dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Sensitive new age Dothraki. <laughs> a like, snad. A snad. <laughs> um, and then the Monty Python routine when the new Carl, Carl Moro or Carl Chocolate Bar, as I'm calling him, <laughs> after the Cabri Moro. The, the Chocolate Carl. Yeah, the Chocolate Carl. Oh, that's good. The Chocolate Carl. And then he says, uh, seeing a beautiful woman for the first time. What character? Oh, my God, that's Tony. It's um, Big Tony from The Far Show. Do you remember Charlie Higgins' character of the car salesman? Yes, yes, I do. Who always compares everything to a beautiful woman. Yes, yeah, yeah. So he's mm-hmm. like, you know, camp, going camping is it's like, like making love woman. to a beautiful woman. <laughs> you put up your tent. Was it put up your tent and slide gently inside? Like <laughs> plant your tent, plant your pegs. and Anyway, look up the far show, people. It's good yes. stuff. Seeing a beautiful woman naked for the first time is the finest thing in life. And all these other Dothraki going, what about enslaving her people? Yeah, yeah, and what about 
taking her idols back to Vaisdoth Rock. <laughs> and what about, you know, pillaging? And then he's like, okay, fine, shut up, shut up. Seeing a beautiful woman naked for the first time is one of the top five. Top five. five things of life. I, I, yeah, that was fantastic. It was, it I, was is very Python Well, it was Python I wonder if it's, a, if it's a sneaky reference to Conan at all. Like, because in, in Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger, they have that scene where the it's like, Conan, what is, what is best in uh, life? Maybe. And he asks all the different people and he goes, no, well, Conan, what is best in life? A few people have said to me they didn't like that. It was really very um, Game of Thronesy. And it I wasn't think, Game of Thronesy. Well, I just think they got away with it because it was in Dothraki. Yes. Like oh, yeah, absolutely. Language, yeah, yeah. that guttural language. They're sort of speaking to each other and saying silly things. And, you know... Daenerys's title has just gotten longer and longer and yeah. longer. <laughs> I like how she wields it like a weapon. Yeah, but sometimes I wish she'd just bring out a palm card just to go. <laughs> and I'm also, I'm also this and this and Breaker Chains, Mother of. She Day. also and uh, we have this thing. We have this thing now where whenever Daenerys is in a position like that, we saw it a lot in season two. She gets this frustrated look at her face where she's like just saying her titles at people, going, be impressed, damn it, be impressed. I have all these names. The only thing that gets through to them is when she reveals that she was the widow of Carl Drogo, Mm. and that seems to count for something. Yeah. And then we find out that as a former wife of the Carl, she's forbidden. Mm. So sorry to those guys who wanted to up the... (laughs) (laughs) I can't whistle. I think, you know, what I was t- telling you in when we did our preview podcast was I thought that she might be sold off to another Carl, but now it well, looks like happen, yeah. she'll be taken back to base Dothrak. That's right. And, and told she has to stay here the rest of her life because she's a widow. Well, and this is the thing, like, does she get to just stay there or do they do, they do something to her? Like, does she... Well, there might be some sort of cleansing ritual or something. Remember how she had to eat the horse's heart when she yeah. was pregnant? I'm sure there's a ritual. There's always a ritual. There's always a ritual. Probably involving a horse. Yeah. Call Catherine the Great. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> That's twice in one podcast. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep that dog stuff in there, so that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's That was a good joke. Um, I think we've pretty much come to the end of everything we have to say. I think we... I've uh, expressed my hatred for Ollie, which was my one um, goal for goal the podcast, for the podcast yeah. so I'm, I'm good. Uh, that's kill Ollie. Stu kill hates, Ollie. Stu hates Ollie.com. Kill we, Ollie.com. <laughs> there is a whole Reddit throat, like, called F Ollie. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. It's just dedicated. No, he's no, it actually exists. Yeah, 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 no, no. Yeah. I, I'm, he's intensely hateable. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah, I feel sorry for the kid who plays him because, like, Yeah, he's going to cop it more than Joffrey. Hmm. Well, we will be back next week. Yes. Um, just to mention again, patreon.com slash girlclumsy. Dollar a recap, sign up. Love your work. Cheeseburgergothic.com for all of the recap goodness. Late Monday nights, early Tuesdays. That's the plan. And Girl Clumsy on Twitter, at Disco Stew, the Stew. That's me. Oh, and facebook.com slash Natalie Stone, where we'll both yes. be there chatting, talking stuff, send us ideas, theories. We'll be in it. So... Until next week, Stu, thank you for joining me for this special extra long opening podcast. And as we always like to say, Bala Mogulas! Winter is coming! <laughs>